Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. DeRozan uh, played another game winner recently? No, they played Monday, and then they had the week off till Friday, which is nice. They needed it. You know, they played too many games in a row. Um, but, yeah, it's cool. Did you uh, see the All-Star voting? No, who gives a shit about that? Let's talk about the the, the Blackhawks game, O'Neal. No, man. That was rough. That was, was, that was rough, especially at the end. Like I thought I thought it was tremendous. Kirby Dunn, why? why uh, so... What, what's what's happening here? Why isn't Joseph saying anything? Why? What's what's going on? Uh, yeah. So I'm actually I'm I'm talking for Joseph today. Oh, what what happened? What's what's wrong with Joseph? Uh, he can't talk. Well, why why can't he talk? Like, I don't understand why not. He got COVID, so can't oh, talk. Yep. No. I didn't even know he was like gonna be on the show today. Like, I I had actually booked. Okay. I didn't realize oh, he could be on the show. You didn't know? Oh my god. Um, well, I called SV3, so I, I my ass did call somebody. Uh, whatever. All right. I guess. Are, are you still doing the the corner three, O'Neill? You still doing wait, that? Wait. The Bob O'Neill corner three. Yeah. Fuck Bob O'Neill. And I said. This was one of pals and O'Neill Starts a feud from the jaws of victory With a point gun and a chubby cheese Distraction Podcast You were filled Wins and losses Don't mean shit So watch Joseph Grinch Chester do his bit Distraction Roll up One, two, three Hello Welcome, everyone, to The Distraction. I'm Jeremy Lambert. Joseph is here. Joseph is talking, I think. Are you talking? Maybe I should just say fuck Bob O'Neill over and over again, you know? <laughs> That's just the only only thing you say all show. That's fine. I mean, it would be an upgrade than the usual, so I'm, I'm with <laughs> it. But, yeah, I'm excited. I wasn't supposed to be on this show, but there's a lot to talk about, man. I can't miss this wrestling podcast thing. It's my addiction now, you know? That's I am broken, good. folks. I know it's bad. That's here we are. Uh, SP3 is here as well. How you doing, SP3? On I'm a glad. show with a young buck shirt. 
<laughs> I, I did this to troll my uh, colleague over on True Hill Heat, who's a who, who hates Matt Jackson, but uh, <laughs> I, I I couldn't change, so I had to be here. Glad to be back on the flagship distraction show. So mm-hmm. you know, being here and Joe, you know, had to go get over the Jordan flu to come play <laughs> with SB3. You know, you bring this up. This is a quick detour. But this is the distraction. I always forget how much people hate the Young Bucks. So cheap plug, I'm currently doing the Fleet 50, okay? the top 50 um, in-ring performers in AEW. You can send your ballots now. You can email them to me. And, folks, let me tell you, there are people that have not got Matt or Nick Jackson on their top 50 in-ring yeah. performers of AEW's 2021. It's crazy, man. It's a it's a real thing. So, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm proud of SP3. Shane Love to one of the great tag teams right there. Can you call? Can you call some people out? Because and like say who they have ranked over right, them. Because I was like, I would like to know these things. Then reasonably they could ask me for mine, and I am not letting that go. That's that would be over my dead body, brother. That ain't happening. So anyway, let's move on. That's one. Send it. Carry send on. it to me. Send it to me. I'll do it. Because because you know you know what we do. You know what we do on this show, Joseph. And you know what I'm going to do with this social media? I'm going to bury people. I'm going to bury everybody. Bury all these fucking people, Joseph. Incredible. An incredible wrestler. Should we start there? Let's we... start there after after I read some super chats. Okay. Uh, guys, get your super chats in. Get your question, comment, statement right on air. Get your barber chat in. We still need to register at barberchat.com, but you can go to humperchats.com, and uh, that's registered. You can leave your, your comment, your statement over there. Our buddy Frank says, that's just Joe's Mick, Mick Foley walking back to Hell in a Cell holding his dislocated arm moment. All hail. Uh, JJ says, Lord, my favorite big stars. Welcome, SV3. Always great to see you, man. Did anyone call the police for the Pillman match? Phil, love you both. Uh, <laughs> did you call the police for that match? I'm, do- I'm doing this now, and I, I swear we have a lot of fun, but if you watch this show, you'll know I never do this. And I ain't, he seems like he can be kind of dumb, but he doesn't seem like an evil person. So I ain't trying to be horrible or anything. But like, when you got that roster, sending that dude out there with like TV is just, he's terrible. And all, seriously, nothing personal. I'm not, I never do this. It's got to end. Okay. I mean, the man, he fell down twice. The second time, I mean, it's just really, that match went six minutes. It died a death live too. Because I mean, yeah, yeah. the thing is, I think for you guys, it went to commercial really early. Yeah. From what I remember, right? Didn't have that privilege over here, folks. I didn't get to see the Burger King commercials going by to distract me. <laughs> and Duke's in the chat was at the show, and he probably couldn't vouch for this. Maybe not. It was dead silent as they worked this thing. And I mean, I don't know. I just think. When you got the roster that good, there's no room for that kind of showing on TV to me. But you know, we'll get into that stuff later. Remember when they put him on Arthur Ashe? Yeah, it's two big shows, man. Against and Jericho. Then, I mean, against MJF. Oh, man. Yeah. Yes. There wasn't even a um, – there wasn't even really an angle here. You know, yeah, no. It wasn't like he was just sacrificed to set up. I mean, we know what's coming, but, again, that's another problem to get into. It's like – I don't know, man. It was like it wasn't – it kind of was trying to make Pillman – like seem courageous. I don't fucking know what he was doing. It was bad. It was real bad. That I mean, that's where we all thought it was going, right? Is like, all right, he beats yeah. Pillman, and maybe Griff comes in, and that sets up uh, who we think is coming and everything. Malachi just kicked this man, and he just like fucking left. He was yeah, just yeah. gone. Yeah, 
Uh, our uh, Bam says uh, Joseph seven MJ flu game today. The best facts, straight facts. Um, Frank says SB 3s biracial baby rants was an all timer. SB three is the fucking best. That's why when we Joseph talk said about... couldn't do this show today, I, was, I, I oh. messaged you. I was like, "Can you do it? Like, gotta have you on." Immediate like, upgrade, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about you doing that whole bit, and then like two days later on Dynamite, Brandy Rhodes cutting one of the most like absurd promos <laughs> in the history of television? It was like they saw me talking. Yes, they did. And they was like, you know what? We're gonna go full throttle. That's why. That's <laughs> yeah. why you know on the. Uh, I'm now calling Tony Khan. Whenever Brandy Rose is on 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 camera, he is now Antoine Khan because he <laughs> if he is if he is if he is either directing or scripting this promo uh, in any type of way, yeah, he needs to be Antoine Khan. Fair, I agree. Uh, Rob says I owe my super chat from yesterday. That is true. I apologize, Rob. I know you sent one about uh, Kel McCarr yesterday, um, and Andrew doesn't know anything about hockey, so I wasn't trying to force that on him. But Kel McCarr, the, the fucking goat. Uh, he says all, all I want to say is SP3. Can you confirm or deny that meeting me in Minneapolis was better than Paige versus Omega? Confirmed. I have <laughs> never, I have never had, uh, you know, a meal with a friend that was that televised as that meal in Minneapolis. Right? Oh boy. Uh, uh, Jay Blood says, Joe's point taken, but another problem with AEW is they never followed on Pillman's moment and his hometown was barely on TV since Grand Slam. We're going to kind of get into. Yes. It's a good. I don't, I'll be honest. I don't think Pillman, I'm not losing too much sleep about him in particular, but the point is very, very worth discussing and we will get into it here on the world famous distraction podcast. <laughs> Let's start. Let's start with the uh, Danielson and Hangman. They had their big rematch after they went to a draw at Winter is Coming. This one did not go to a draw. It went about thirty minutes. Bloody affair. Hangman Page wins with the buckshot lariat. Look, th- this it, it's it's very dumb to say this was my favorite match of the year. We're six six uh, six days into the year. There's some good stuff at Wrestle. There is some good stuff. Yeah. yeah, but like fuck, this match was was better than their first one. I thought, and I really liked their first one having a, a conclusion it is good but they worked it like after going 60 minutes they worked it with like the intensity that you would hope they would work it with after like a 60 minute draw like there was no feeling out like there wasn't that first one they went after it from the start both men bloody messes and this thing big moment for hangman getting the victory clean over danielson as well i absolutely love this match uh sp3 your thoughts I, I, this was this is now the match of the year. This made Okada and Osprey the shortest reign ever, being <laughs> match of the year. Like they it literally was match of the year for twelve hours, and then it got take got taken from them with the opener on AEW Dynamite. Just like the way they came into the match from the opening bell just made sense due to the time limit draw in the last match. Hangman came out with just more intensity, a sense of urgency, but Brian Danielson kept the same energy. He was like. I'm going to, I can win this in 60 minutes. I can win this in six minutes. He's still confident, still trying to stall, getting Hangman's head, going after the Lariat arm once again. He splits him in the head at the same spot that he did at Winter is Coming. You had the callbacks. You had drama. Just great heel work from Brian Danielson. One of the best parts was during the pitcher and pitcher for me, I had to watch it because Brian Danielson was shoving Hangman's bloody face into the judges' faces like a, like a kid trying to get dad's attention. Like, pay attention to me. I'm winning. 
winning. I'm winning, Dad. But and then Hangman just had that moment, that one moment where you where someone just becomes a star. Like you saw it with uh, Austin bleeding in the sharpshooter at WrestleMania 13. That was when he arrived to that next stage. I feel Hangman Page's moment is him bleeding, dripping blood, and then doing jumping jacks. My God, I was like, he's arrived. He's arrived. <laughs> this man has arrived. He's a main event player. And then the finale, everything, like, this was so much better than that, their first match. It's one of the best singles matches in AEW history. Joseph? Yeah, that about nailed it. I mean, we always ask for this, right? When you get the big, long, epic first match, We'll always have these conversations about what the sequel should be. And I mean, they did it like to perfection. Um, it's like when you get a great prize fight and they'll run it back. And it's like, well, look, they know each other now, right? But they didn't do it as a gimmick. They didn't come out the, out the gate with a big finish and then, you know, slow down. Instead, they started in a way that was logical. A lot of Brian's tactics, you know, extended to this match. But when Hangman brought him into just sort of trading bombs in there, Brian had no choice but to go with it. And then, you know, it's a shootout, basically. It was incredible. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to go, like, you know, tell you what my instincts was when I saw Brian's blood. But, like, good Lord, man. How desperate has that been, dude been to bleed? I mean, <laughs> the side of his face was like I – mean, I've seen some some blood in professional wrestling in my time. That was a – that was quite the, the the deal he did there, huh? Like, I mean, good. It was incredible. It was a fabulous match. It, it, honestly, if there's a better match this year, I think it would have been, you know, something pretty special. I really believe that. This was – these at times felt like I was watching, like, a grainy VHS of, like, you know, the, the considered greatest match ever from 30, 40 years ago for the NWA yeah. title. The only thing – and this is directly aimed at Jukes in the chat, um, who I'm blaming you directly for this – I wish the place was a little louder for the first bell and the open heat. They had to earn it more than I would have liked. I wanted them to be rabid from the start. But yeah. I get it, you know, losers and stuff. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, this it, was... That was New, New Jersey, Jersey. Not, not New York. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Am I right on that? Like, it felt like it, they just kind of... It almost was like they wasn't ready for it because it was the first one up. But, yeah, yeah you know, the violence, the headbutts, the, the physicality, the psychology, the desperation, the blood... It was just beautiful is not the right word for this particular match because it was graphic, you know, and there's, some people would watch it and be like, enough, enough headbutts. But to me, it was damn beautiful. It was a masterpiece. And Brian Danielson, and I say this again, every time I do this, I have to say the asterisk. I'm not slighting Hangman, Hangman and Page, who's fabulous, wonderful wrestler. But this run of Brian Danielson's is going to be something that we all kind of, you know, one day when, we, when we're all retired and, you know, we've done our gig for the WWF Network on Peacock, um, presenting the best of AEW every week, we will, we will say we were lucky to be there for that watching in real time because it is, you know, it's the great, I think it's the greatest wrestler ever in his, in his full, fullest form, you know. So it's very, very special. I just, I love the match. What an incredible match. I mean, you, you mentioned that if we see a better match this year, that's going to be tough. I'm just thinking, like, Danielson's going to take like a week or two off and he's probably going to go out there and just try to top it very quickly. When uh, AEW's in, in, in on the beaches of Cleveland, uh, he'll he'll try, he'll try have this great match with Johnny Gargano. Gargano will come in and Danielson and Gargano will just top it. 
immediately. Uh, J-Blood says, Hangman Jumping Jacks, uh, the men's instincts are Gid level. I assume that that means Josh Giddy level, which factual, the, the GOAT Josh Giddy. Um, but yeah, dude, when he was doing those jumping jacks as a callback to Danielson doing it last match, I... I lost it. Hangman. We we said it we said it last time of like we know Hangman is good. The Omega match like proved Hangman was good if you had like any doubts. The Danielson match kicked it up to another level. This was again that just kicked up to another level of like, yeah, if you have any doubts about Hangman carrying this from from an in-ring perspective, just shut up at this point because right. this He's... man's gone toe to toe. There's no carry job with, with two of the, the best of all time, and in my opinion, the the all time. The all-time he's goal. he's one of the best wrestlers in the world, and yeah. you know I think anyone saying otherwise is being way unfair to him. I think you know we all do kind of a bit with Brian Cage, but like lest we forget, he had some pre, he had an awesome match with Brian Cage at Double or Nothing, you know. Yeah. And I'm not saying that was a carry job because Cage is good at those matches, so God bless him. But you know, my point is, point me really in the last two years since he kind of got rolling with this character, point me to where he has let you down in a big spot. You know, the guy's a special wrestler. The only reason we all focus on Brian Danielson is, I mean, SP3 is probably the best he's on this. Like, you were there back in yesteryear in New York City when he was the best wrestler in the world as Ring of Honor champ. Like, <laughs> it's hard for us not to just sit here and just talk about, how, you know, how great he is. He's special, man. He is what he is. Yeah, it's it's like unreal for me. Like yeah. my first independent show, I saw him lose the Ring of Honor World Championship. I was there when he returned to Ring of Honor after losing the world title and they treated him like a god yeah. and got to see the end of that run, his final match in Ring of Honor. Got to see him go to WrestleMania. And then this, like he's had three separate all-time careers in three separate companies like this is unreal like I, I totally agree with jeremy he's the greatest he's my favorite wrestler of all time but he is making the argument very very well known that he is he is in the conversation for the greatest professional wrestlers of all time when the only other guy that i could say probably competes with him as far as in-ring classics is making a fool of himself on the Twitter machine by attacking yeah. Becky Lynch. It's Brian Danielson, man. Yeah. Brian Danielson is the GOAT, and we are being able to watch it. We should just appreciate it much, much more. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And this year is going to be really interesting because he's going to be away from the belt for a bit, right? Yeah. And, you know, are we going to see heel Brian in big programs, bleeding everywhere in blood feuds, or are we going to see babyface Brian working those exhibition matches like a um, the Suzuki match, as an example? You know, you use that as like a those kind of Clash of the Titans matches. I'm easy either way. I think obviously there's a lot of stories for him to tell regardless, but I guess with Danielson, you just kind of let him pick, right? <laughs> what do you want to do, man? <laughs> Who do you want me to get through the door here for you? I mean, he's the, he's – it's honestly – you know, we're all sports fans, right? It's like, it's different because wrestling is really dumb and weird. But it's like the idea of signing someone of this caliber and them still exceeding expectations in like grand fashion is bonkers. Like, we all agree he's the greatest ever before they signed here. But I don't think any of us expected him to be this outrageous in AEW. He's had like 15 great matches. <laughs> the man's out of control. I mean, everyone agrees that he is in like the top three best wrestlers, five best wrestlers by AEW's 2021. Folks, he made his in-ring debut on like the 20-something of September. This yep. dude's different, man. I'm telling you, this isn't, this guy is, he ain't just the greatest ever, he's in his own league. 
he's building his own his own suite up there. Anyway, we should probably <laughs> we should probably move on when it comes an hour. It's my bad. <laughs> uh, Jay Shell says, "I don't want cool judges if they use them." Yeah, the judges were were Len Henry and Big Show. I think we all kind of got worked up of who they're gonna pick, and they're just yeah, like, uh, least, "Who's producing in the back? Let's get them." Bro, on <laughs> separate chairs at least, man. Like you don't you can't sit the judges all together on each other's laps like that. Like they're in. You had Jerry, Jerry like this. Like, yeah, poor Jerry had to sit between them two, man. Come on. Like, Come uh, maybe on. it was a COVID thing and they didn't want to, like, mess around with the building. But, like, it looks so silly, them all sitting in the same corner like this awkwardly. Come on, man. Get them some. Get them a nice table or something, you know? Uh, Jay Blood says, we were, wonder- we were wondering a couple months ago where this matchup would have enough juice. Now it's a legit rivalry that will mm-hmm. be remembered and returned to. Yeah, they'll they'll definitely go back to it at, at some point. Yeah. Um, and, and Jay Shell says, Cage is good at matches. He's got his style. He's Come that on. particular type of match. Like, the big yeah. moves first, he's good at. He's not someone you want to watch for 20 minutes, but like a 10 to 15 minute, you know, do every move you could possibly think of. He's good at them. I mean, I don't... I don't have to talk about it anymore because it seems like it's not going to be talked about much on these shows. But, you know. I'm, I'm looking forward to his uh, Warrior Wrestling match with uh, Will Ospreay. I think that's there the, that's the right guy to be yeah. in there for a cage type of match. Yeah. He keeps ducking Buddy Matthews, though, because he's a coward. <laughs> uh, if he says, for my money, Hangman, one of the best in the world, uh, both in-ring, perfect with his character develop- development, best babyface in the world currently. Yes. Yeah. That's, yeah. All, that's all spawn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And Mad King says, AW is making Hangman the American Tanahashi. US has not had work rate babyface work that high level in a long time. I mean, that's because the the company that does babyfaces hasn't done a good babyface since Brian Danielson in 2013. By accident. Yeah. <laughs> that's really interesting. Now, I'm intrigued. Let's follow up on that a little bit here. So if, you, if that was your mindset, we want to have him as like a real working ace. Who are you matchmaking with him next? Because... We all agree Hangman's great, but you have to, like, give him certain guys that he can have those classics with, right? Yeah. Who jumps off the page? SP3, any names come to mind for who could get the next uh, the next shot? Um, I'm thinking Revolution is going to be Adam Cole. I, I am too, yeah. yeah I, I, you know, he's, he's number two in the ranking. This, this whole storyline with him being in the middle of Red Dragon and Young Bucks has done nothing more but make him look more like a star. And that's, that was kind of, uh, it was kind of going off a mm-hmm. little bit for a few weeks after Full Gear, but now it's back. He's a star again. And it can leave the Red Dragon and Young Bucks to go against each other at Revolution. Yeah. So you have two matches that play into it. And plus, Hangman fits very well into that storyline there. So True. That's an interesting one in ring. Right? Like, I think we all agree the match would be very good. I would be intrigued what kind of match. Because I don't see them having like this kind of match. Does that make sense? Like it wouldn't... Yeah. It would be like slowing Hangman into a takeover main event. And what I mean by that is it would get good reviews, but I don't know if it would feel the same. It would be intriguing to watch how his reign develops. Um, Andrade came up in the in the chat. That match sounds mm-hmm. awesome, but obviously yeah. there's some work to do with Andrade. Like stylistically, I see that. That's a that's a perfect, perfect call. And Moxley's looming, obviously, also. So um I don't know, Jeremy, any any other names come on? Yeah, I've long since thought that Adam Cole was the the revolution match. As far as other names, they, they can heat up anybody in, in a in a quick heartbeat. I think there is a a story with Starks. I don't think they're they're gonna tell the story that early, but that was the neck injury. Yeah, it was the hangman match. So I think there's a story there. Again, I don't think they're going to that 
just now. I think you got to do more work with, with Ricky and just getting him on television and featuring him more. Um, Mad King mentions Miro. That that's an easy one. Yeah. I could be there. I know he's dealing with the, the hamstring injury, but if he can get back and, and ready to go, that's an easy one. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I've long said that Cole is the match, so I'll, I'll stick with that. They they got some names that they could possibly put in there, but I think Cole's probably the, the kind of the biggest one right now. Yeah, yeah, I would tend to agree. Now, Jeremy, would you like to do the super chats first before I make this hard left turn? <laughs> uh, Ibby, got a couple here. Uh, Ibby says, Malachi Black trying to corrupt the baby face of all baby faces money and the striking exchanges. Good God. They, they got to do. I'm not I'm not in on this Malachi Black stuff. I'm sorry. I, I agree with the comment. Yeah. But it's the execution of it should be better, I think. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. I like the idea. I think it needs to be done in a more kind of engaging way right now. Cause right now I just feel like I'm waiting for the angle to the actual thing to happen, which is Brody King. Right. Yes. And um, maybe that's a me thing, but in my defense, they literally had him like tease Brody in like four different ways in one vignette and was like, you're more than a King violence, you know? So for me personally, I find they have this problem. I'm sorry. This, that was a wonderful super chat. I'm sorry to take this off the rails, but I'm doing it. Now, okay. They have this thing they do with angle where you're like, you spend weeks like waiting for the obvious. So like Kyle O'Reilly was kind of one, it was less up. Brody is now, to me, the Kingston Jericho thing is, because like we all know they're going to fight. Like just get, yeah. I can't see them save each other. You know, so you do this thing, you wait. And then when it happens, I find sometimes they do a bad job of following up. So what happens is it kind of then all fades into the back, right? So like mm-hmm. I, my concern for Malachi is... And this isn't his fault, but it's something I've been thinking about a lot. I don't know if the story he wants to tell is best suited to the way they book their wrestling. Because a lot of their stories are told in the ring and they do a lot of pre-tapes and it'll be, you know, next week. Here's a pre-tape yeah. up next week's match. And are I think he's coming after you for criticizing yes. AEW? Okay. And I think he wants... I don't know what he wants. That's right. I shouldn't say that. I think he needs a more overarching story that feels like it's kind of living over the whole promotion rather than like just the lights have gone out, you know, <laughs> like it doesn't feel connected in the way I want. Does that to make sense? Him, they, I don't think either of these things are, are his fault, but he does this stuff. And then last week when you could see him just turn around and walk through the tunnel after the lights go out, Last night where he's just sitting in the rafters and stuff. Like, I don't think any of this does him any favors with, with what he wants to do. And I'm with you on the way he wants to do stuff just isn't conducive. Like, you don't need to be wrestling Brian Pillman Jr. to do no. this kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, you, you just you just don't. You don't have to do that. Um, a, a lot of stuff doesn't feel connected. And this has been an issue I've had with AEW is – you know, next week we're getting we're getting Hobbs and Dante Martin, which is great. There's been no real follow up to to the Leo stuff on that. I I guess yeah. they showed something on YouTube. Great, not everybody watches that stuff. You put you invested TV time on this angle. Give me that on TV, not on YouTube. There's so much stuff that they just go away from for for a week, and then it's like, oh well, we're gonna book a match now. And now they're having an issue where we're seeing Serena and, and Sheeta again, which is great. It's gonna be a great match. But don't don't tell me you don't do rematches. And I feel like I've seen this match a million times. I feel like I've seen Kingston 
and Santana Ortiz against 2.0 and Garcia a million times this one. And it's the same stuff of just, all right, let's make a save. And I guess Eddie and, and Jericho are fighting so much save stuff. They're going to, back to Ruby and, and Britt again after we've seen that. It's just they used to be very good at, like, cycling people. It used to be better. Yeah. <laughs> like they used to be good at like cycling stuff and now like because of the the talent that have come in like now they're the cycle isn't as good like they're keeping yeah. some people like off television for too long so they yeah. can kind of keep people the, the newer people on television so much and mm-hmm. it, it seems like a lot a lot of times and then it's just all right well we're just we're just doing a match for for the sake of a match for some of this stuff sp3 your thoughts no it's very true like there's a lot of different feuds over the last couple of months that just they they try to stretch it out too long like everyone always brings up orange cassidy and matt matt hardy and with with what both of those guys were doing afterwards it made no sense why matt hardy won the last match between them and that that feud was just ridiculous even though they had a great you know final match uh the whole uh tay and jay versus penelope and bunny went on for months uh ricky starks and brian cage went on for months like it just seems this year if you're not like in like a main title picture or an important feud. If you're just in one of those mid card feuds, they've tried to stretch it a little too long and we mm. get too many rematches. And I feel, I, I get that feeling too with uh, Sheeta and Serena where after the second match, everybody wanted the third match. And then they, the third match, they just didn't give them enough time. That was on the same show as the hour long uh, match between hangman and Brian. And plus the finish was a little bit wonky. And then they went, away from it for like a couple of weeks and then when they come back it's not as hot because we feel like the feud has already been over because we saw three matches and now we're going on a fourth that's overkill and i kind of understand where you guys are coming from there that is that is an issue right now in aew so i think it's important to say that some of this stuff has been a problem, right? And it's yeah. but the show is good enough that you kind of go well, whatever. So a good example would be the the kind of moving too quick. You know, the famous example is poor Christopher Daniels getting beat. You know, standing there hugging his partner, covered in blood, and they said to the back. You know, they said, <laughs> and like someone in the chat said, I was ultra. I've, I've missed it, but they said it was insane. They didn't even show a clip of the incredible street fight from last week's rampage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some would say, well, why would you say it? And it's like, well, because you don't want star. But have no. Sorry, I went. My bad. You're good. The, you don't want stuff to have no weight to it. You want it to be remembered, you know. And when people yeah. do the stuff those women did in that match. You want it to be. You, know, you could do a video package, you know. <laughs> like it wouldn't kill you. I, I will say though, I did like they did a couple of dark recaps last night. Big yes. thumbs up on that because that was that's something they need to do for a long time. Now, here's the stuff, and you guys both said it perfectly, but just to add to it, here's the stuff that I think is a more recent problem. Firstly, the rematch and the extending the feuds is definitely a real thing. Like, when Britt walked into the scene last night with Ruby, it was just like, oh, I mean, just book the tag match you want to book. You don't have to give everything an angle, you know? Like, if you want to do the tag match, you don't have to do this stupid, you know, over-the-top, over over-complicated way of getting there. It's so lazy that we all know what's coming. You're going to do a match on Rampage. Just book the match at that point, you know? Like, it's silly. But and this is a big thing that is maybe me, but I'll, this is where I'm at. First match was fabulous. We loved it. As soon as the first match is done, 
there is no possible way that show can be considered bad when it has a match of that caliber. So I, before I go any further, I want to say, objectively, AEW Dynamite last night was a good wrestling show. It was a good wrestling show about half an hour just based on the fact they had one of the great matches of the year on it. Fine. I like the Punk and MJF thing. It isn't really my flavor, but I think it's effective and I, I, I appreciate it. I personally believe that everything after that was a good example of stuff that we've all kind of pointed on. And like, there is some issues here and there are some cracks creatively that I think the, the increased talent pool are covering over. Brian Danielson will ensure that your show is only so bad. Okay. CM Punk game promos will keep things pretty damn afloat. Hangman, all these great wrestlers. However, there are moments where I watch them do angles and I'm just like, what are you, what are you doing? Why are the Lucha Bros coming out and then you're having the lights go out and Malakai is just going to like transport past them? <laughs> and then you're going to do lights later and you're going to do this and you're going to do that. And then at the end, it's a title change and we're going to have the heels come out. It's like, you got to focus in. If your target is to put the belts on the Jurassic Express, just do that tonight. Just do that. Okay, because it's a big moment. Now, unfortunately, and this is no one's fault, and this is worth saying. I, I know you guys co-signed this. Big love to Ray Phoenix. Yeah, that yes. that obviously killed the poor moment for Jungle Boy because we were all just—I mean, that was horrifying. So I kinda, it, that's no one's fault. Right? That's just a yeah. shame. It was, and people people were were saying that maybe they they sent the tag teams out there because they had to kill time on this i don't know if that's true like why is chris jericho up in the rafters and malachi up in the rafters for that yeah. if you need to kill time just focus on the celebration of jungle yeah. boy and stuff show that show more replays from the match if you need to like show him hugging his family and everything go out there tell him to do that you don't need to bring the tag teams out there and they're all like all the heel tag teams like oh okay we have new champions and everything the the weird cut to the rafters is i didn't understand any of that yeah if you need to kill time because of because of the phoenix injury do something a little bit different than than what they did focus on what matters and that is uh the jurassic express winning the titles yes and someone mentioned the chat and they are right so i will, I will point out the reason the Lucha Bros came out is because they're friends with Pac who got his eye gouged out a month ago or whatever. That is true. That is also nowhere near at the front of this program enough for that to be a thing that we immediately said. <laughs> I thought about it and realized it, but you just saw SP3's reaction. You've got to have some connective tissue. Show me a video package that. There's a middle ground between Raw doing 101 recaps and doing none at all. Now, the reason I know Corey's right, and you are correct, my friend, is because they showed one before this match because they wanted you to remember that Pat got his eyeball gouged out. Some in the middle would have helped. That's all. Sorry, SP3, you go on this. I'm I'm all over the place. No, my my, my guy uh, Jimmy on AE Ramble, he says it every week. He's been, he loved that whole angle with Pat getting his eyes gouged out, and then it got dropped for weeks. For weeks on end, it was like Malachi Black just moved on to spit in the mist into Julia Hart's face, the whole issue with the Varsity Blondes, whatever he's doing with the House of Black. It's like he had a hundred and more, hundred other things to distract him that made us forget that what he did with Pac. So you can't just do the one video package right, right before you're about to remind us of the angle again. You have to do something like commentary. It doesn't take much for the commentary to be like, oh yeah, man, Malachi Black 
made a difference. Like we haven't seen Pac since what he did to him. Like if they just would have mentioned it in his I, matches I over think, the last couple of weeks. Oh yeah, I don't know about the matches the last couple. I think they did mention it like when the Lucha Bros came out and stuff. Yeah, they did. I, they, my thing is okay. Why do they care now? And then why do they care to come out at this point when Malachi was like already leaving and. I guess, I guess he did go right. back in the ring, but why they come out at this point and then they come out just to go to the back for, for their match. Like at least stay in the ring. It's like, Oh, okay. They came out cause they have a match. It makes sense that they, they would try to come out now, but then to come out and then go to the back. It's like, huh? What? It's, it's very he's jarring. A, yeah. Here's a perfect example. Okay. I watched this show. My brother, who is a cat, what we call in the industry, a casual fan folks. So I'm what that boy. I mean, by that is he doesn't do a podcast like the rest of us idiots. So, I wanted to test him on this, right? And I go, so uh, why did the Lucha Bros, you know, why'd they come out there? And he goes, I guess they're going to do a match on Rampage. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, but what's the what's the story reason? He's like, I don't know, man. I, you know, I guess they just want to do a match on Friday or something. I was like, fair. Owned. I've been owned there. And, you know, because that's the, the truth is, and this is not a new thing, and it isn't a big thing. If you're watching this and you're saying, well, I still enjoy it as much as ever, all how. You know, this is not me saying you're wrong or anything. Mm -hmm. But there is this thing where he, the way Tony Khan does angles is he just sees them as like the necessary evil to get to his match. He's like, well, I want to do this match with Sheeta and Serena. What if Serena does an interview and then Sheeta comes in and punches her in the face? We could probably do that (laughs) in about 30 seconds and then I can book the match I want to book and that's fine. But at some point when you do it so often and everyone is getting the shit kicked out of them backstage and there's all these, you know, it's just, it's a little bit dizzying sometimes. And when it's executed badly, as I think in some cases it was last night, unfortunately. That Jericho segment sucked. Yes. Well, that's a different problem because now we need to focus on something else. There are two guys that have been a topic for the last year. It's Codeman and it's Chris Jericho, right? And they have always, you know, they've marched the beat of their own drum. God bless Chris Jericho. <laughs> what, what's happened? Uh, you say in March uh, with those two on oh, this day. On. Just kind of... <laughs> I didn't even mean that. Right? I know you didn't. Co- was... Cody Rose, the leader of the Million Man March, of course. <laughs> now, look, here's what I'm saying. Chris Jericho has done a lot of great things, and the greatest of all of them was he was always ahead of the curve. So here's what I'm going to say, and Chris, if you're watching, I hope you're listening. If... This is all him being self-aware and setting up his heel turn when he works Eddie Kingston. No problem. I'm fine with it, okay? However, if he intends to pull off some kind of babyface program with Eddie the way that Punk did and he's going to do this shit in his promos, I may not watch this program. <laughs> if, if at some point in the next month he stands up to Eddie Kingston and like, hey, this guy's fat, huh? big head, I'll be like, done, I'm out. <laughs> What? Make fun of his New York accent. like Bro, That segment was bad, man. And it's like, he's, yeah. the thing about Jericho, he was always great at adjusting, but now he just feels like he's doing like tribute that shit. SP3, where are you out on Jericho at this point? It's, I, I don't know. I'm convinced that the worst thing in AEW is the Jericho verse. It's not the Cody verse. <laughs> it's not the Cody verse anymore. The Cody verse is, is fully acknowledging the type of reaction that 
Cody is getting. While Jericho is the real oblivious one. He thinks because people sing Judas, he's still as over and still the one of the more popular baby faces out there. But his his whole stick is really getting stale. It's already stale. But to to even the people that were friends of Jericho, it's getting stale. And he doesn't have the best people to play off of. Anytime you extend a 2.0 feud past a month, it usually it, it, you're you're stretching right. stuff thin here. Like I understand you're trying to get this one big tag team match, maybe Kingston and Jericho versus 2.0 or versus them and uh, Daniel Garcia before you get to Jericho and Kingston. All you were doing is making people less interested in Jericho and Kingston. That yeah, was that yes. was the thing we were interested in. That's the thing. If if we have to get through all of this to get to Jericho and Kingston, and eventually Kingston wins, that's the that's the that's the asterisk too. Because the Jericho and Kingston <laughs> feud is okay. I'm okay with it. But J- Kingston has to win at the end. It can't be Jericho. It can't be yes. another big loss for Kingston. Jericho's not the guy. After we just did this with Punk, so yeah, right. I think that's the main thing. It's just making us less interested in the match we really want. That, that is such a great point you just made. And this is something that I don't think is actually exclusive to Tony Khan. I see this in wrestling a lot. And he's still a young booker, right, in the grand scheme of things. So he's a really good example to use. When you have top guys and you want them to work with guys that are, are underneath guys, you either have them win decisively and not extend it and not, you know, do too much of an angle. They just win, move on. Or you pick underneath guys that you believe can be brought up. I think 2.0 are a fun team. They're a really nice heel team. And what I'm about to say is going to sound like an insult, but I, it's just is what it is. They don't need to be in these kind of angles. They just, they just do not. And to me personally, and I've said this on uh, the late night grin at latenightgrin.com, sign up now. Um, I think putting Eddie in this whole thing after how hot he was against Punk has been a mistake. And folks, they are going to chant Eddie no matter what happens. They love the man. He's great. We, You know, you know, I don't need to be convinced on that. However, what SB3 said is the truth. If you spend too much time squabbling with guys that feel like they're underneath guys, inevitably, if they can't come up, the other guys come down. And... Yep. I think, look, Jericho, you know, he's he's an icon and he's beloved. So he can get away with it. And Kingston goes about saying he can get away with it. But you do not want to do it often. And another example is on this show. You have to be careful with Malachi. He yeah. does not need to be wrestling six minutes with Brian Pillman Jr. He's a top guy. You either have him kill those underneath guys in 30 seconds or you put him in a big-time program with an Eddie Kingston, with a Chris Jericho. That is something that wrestling has got to do better, I think, this year in the sense that, like, there's something to be said for including everyone, but you have to know people's limitations. And again, let me stress, because they seem like the most wonderful guys. 2.0, I love them. They're they're great. But everyone has their role, and I don't think theirs is an in-ring promo segment, you know, that goes on for eight minutes. And granted, they were just standing there for most of it. But I just, I think it's a real thing that you work on. You know, you don't have to share the ball that much, so to speak. I when it comes to Jericho and Eddie, it feels like, and, and this this is a another issue I've had with the the Jericho first as SV three called it is that like the inner circle stuff just doesn't feel connected at all. And if you're gonna do Jericho and Eddie, and you're gonna put Santana and Ortiz in there, there needs to be some like it 
maybe you're going, okay, this is where, cause, cause you mentioned a, po- a possible Jericho heel turn, Joseph. And like, if you're going to do that, inner circle has got to play in somewhere. Right. And it doesn't feel like Santana and Tease just feel like very thrown in there because they're, they, they have ties with Eddie. They're part of inner circle. Like why isn't there a question of like late saves and, and things like that? It doesn't feel like they, they're going anywhere. With, with this and maybe they will maybe they will get to okay guys got to pick sides on this but if that's the case like they ain't doing enough of that right now and yeah. instead they're doing the 2.0 garcia stuff for, yes. for two months now and it's like uh can we just like move past that and get to the actual part where it is going to be eddie and jericho and- this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And you will make Santana Ortiz potentially pick sides. Sammy can get involved once he gets done with Cody, I guess, because Sammy's in both universes. Bless him. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know what Jake Hager's doing. Um, but like, yeah, get get to kind of the the Jericho and Eddie stuff. And I understand Eddie had to, to or Jericho took time for for his tour and everything. But if you knew that was coming, then maybe don't start this immediately right then and and figure something else to uh, figure something else out to to work around that. But man and yeah it doesn't help when you have segments like like that last night either like no, some of this stuff could be salvaged if you have like kind of home run segment because I'm, I'm with you joseph like the, the cm punk mjf stuff is every single line like am i going crazy over like a lot of people no like can i leave a lot of the content on the cutting room floor yes but at least everything feels very like heated and, and it feels like it has like yeah. yeah, and it feels like it has like some purpose of what they're doing and everything. That Jericho segment just felt like they were out there just wasting time last night. Yeah, yeah, was, I, I agree with you completely. The story itself needs to be told. Sorry, go ahead. He was fishing for a crowd reaction that wasn't happening. Like he's yeah. like he's like yeah. pinhead, square and head. Ah, oh. and that's the other thing. It's like Jericho is usually good at like all right, he he'll say some stuff, but it'll at least like get a pop and everything. They weren't even trying to play that pinhead blockhead stuff last night. I'm telling you, this there is if I'm I'm gonna frame this positive way. I am very confident that Chris can do something with Eddie Kingston. Because it's a glad it's a promo that should bring the best out of him when the time comes. And in the most polite way possible, in ring, it's a guy that should allow the older Chris Jericho to thrive. Because Chris isn't going to try and work like, you know, it's a, a WCW Cruiserweight match. They're going to beat each other up. They're probably going to bleed. Like, I think I think it can really, really work. Um, I just, I think you need to let it happen, right? Like, it's, you know, this kind of extending itself is is frustrating. So, but I agree with you. The actual story itself is mostly taking place in our heads right now with the Santana Ortiz. They're just kind of there on TV. Yeah. Like, if you watch the TV show, I don't think they've said a word. No. You probably need to change that. um the other big thing last night jade cargill did become the the tbs champion like how you feel about jade cargill winning is you know we'll see where it kind of kind of goes i didn't think the match was very good uh i just it it was rough 
man. It, it was rough. And I, Jake Cargill, star look has a lot of potential. I'm I'm fine with them them building around her and then putting the belt on her and then uh, you know making her the the face one of the faces of this division. They got to be very careful with, with how they book this stuff and how they have her sort of learn on television in ring when it comes to this. I thought the Thunder Rosa match was fine last night. She's she's wrestling Ruby. Ruby's obviously very good. They didn't click. Something didn't click. But it was rough and Jade. She hasn't had a whole lot of extended in-ring time. And again, you got to be very careful with not only how you book this this uh, this run in-ring, just how you book it from who she's going to beat and how long you're going to do this. Because I, I said it yesterday on the preview, streaks are tough. Streaks are very tough because if your whole identity is a winning streak, after that, it, when you lose that, like what what becomes of you? After that, and this is why I think going with Ruby would have been a fine call last night because then you don't have to worry about that. You can let Jade improve and then make her get better, and then she comes back and she's like, "I've learned, I've grown, I've improved," and then she beats whoever for the title. Now she's the champion. I don't know if she can work extended matches, um, and she's got to beat people as well because you gotta you've established her beating some big names. So she's got to continue to beat people or you got to find that person immediately who you're like, okay, this person can take the title off of her and make her. And then what becomes of Jade after that? Yeah, I, I love Jade. I think the world of her as far as her star potential and everything, but they're, they got to be very careful with how they're going to book this run. SP3. Yeah, I do agree with you. Like I, when the TBS title tournament was announced, I was like, this is Jade Cargill's tournament. She had made it to the number one, number one spot in the ranking. She was undefeated. I knew they weren't going to go to Britt Baker and Jade yet. So it made sense to give her another goal to go after so she can be away. And we don't have to have the Britt and Jade matchup just yet. So it made sense. And after last week, though, I was just like, maybe we should go with Ruby because although the match was fine with Thunder Rosa, it was very clear as day where Jade was at in comparison to Thunder Rosa. When she's in there with the best worker in the division, you can clearly see she's waiting. Uh, there's a lot of pausing. She doesn't always know what her next move is going to be. And we saw that even more last night with Ruby Soho. It just didn't click. They didn't mesh well. The The biggest reaction that the crowd gave the matchup was when Thunder Rosa came out and brawled with Mercedes Martinez to the back. And when Jade put one foot on the top rope and then decided to go back down to the second rope. So it's just when those are the biggest reactions in the match, something is missing. But I do respect them for their commitment and going with Jade Cargo. You know, she has the look. She looks like a superstar. She looks like after her wrestling career, she can go to Hollywood and be a star in that way. She has that type of transformative type of look. But she needs reps. So if this title is to get her those reps in the ring, I'm totally fine with it. I could see it in a few months, maybe take Conte getting the victory and beating her for the TBS title. That could be someone there. If they want to go longer, like a full year of Jay Gargo, 
God bless them. Hopefully she gets better in the ring. But if they make it that long, I could see someone like a Red Velvet even beating her because they have that story there. But I think they, the more than anything coming out of that, I I can see they are doing some type of underdog story with Ruby Soho because they brought up the loss against Britt. They, they had her give the interview after the loss in the TBS finals. They are going to give her that big win. It's just not going to come soon. Yeah, um, it feels like one of those situations where if you're going to do it, just do what she can do right now and just have her beat Ruby in four minutes. I mean, I, I know people would hate it, and I would too, but I don't. unfortunately, I don't think this was the right call. My, But what I'm getting at is it's one thing to make the decision, but if you're going to do it, man, you may as well just do it because these, like, 10-minute matches – I say with no hate in my heart, they're just not very good right now. And that's fine. You know, she's so new, you can't blame her for that. But unfortunately, if you keep putting her out there for 10-minute matches, people just, they make, they'll make their mind up. And, like, that's not doing her any justice. And you either got to protect, if you want her to be a star, which we all believe she can be, you got to protect her and have her go shorter matches and find a way for her to work longer matches off at the air. Um, I just, I don't know, man. I, I thought it was, I thought it was bad and I didn't want it. Like, you know, I didn't take no pride in saying that I'm happy about it. I just, I didn't think it worked at all. And, um, but the crowd, you know, the, I thought the crowd in the second half kind of got with it a little bit, but it just, she's not, Jay's just not where she needs to be right now. No. Um, and if you want to put TBS title, I get that. I just do not think this is the answer, you know, like these long matches where you're asking her to sell. And it's like, man, you may as well just commit and have a, you know, win squash matches because it's these matches aren't, they're not getting anyone over in my view, but that, that's just me. It's a shame. Yeah. Again, we will see what they do with it. I, there's ways around it. I don't know if you can do, these four minute matches with people on your roster and then just have her run through everybody. Maybe it's a case of, all right, open door. She just beats some independent people real quickly. And that's how you, that way you're protecting people on your roster, but learning, learning on the fly on television, not easy putting a, a title on this person and, and trusting her to, to carry some of this stuff. That's, that's even tougher. Uh, I think, I think she's been put, in a bad spot given where she's at in ring. And I hope that I hope it doesn't come back to, to bite her in, in that aspect because she like, it's not her fault of this, yeah. right? Like she's not the one asking no, for this to no. go into beg for this stuff. It's not, it's your, not her fault. Your phrase was perfect. She's been put in a bad spot. It's yeah. like, you know, you, we, there's a really, um, there's a problem with when we all agree that God forbid what her mentions look like today. Right, and none of us co-sign the kind of bullshit that you know is out there, and, and all of the stuff that comes with it, especially right now with what you know, dude tweeted. Like, it's hard, man. Like, and I'm not sitting here trying to get like mad about it. I'm just, I think there's a real chance that she could be like an actual star that crosses over and becomes like a celebrity of sorts. Yeah, and I don't think the way to do if you're going to do that, I don't think the way to do it is having these matches, man. And it's just. It's difficult to talk about because when I'm saying this, I know that 
unfortunately, our criticism for some people comes with this like personal attack and like, yeah. you know, this and they, they're getting mad about it. And it's like, I'm just, I think that, you know, you could protect her a lot better than this. She saw in the ultimate, yeah. I think the Shaq match was when March of last year. Yes. It's no time. And this is where God would house shows be a godsend for these particular cases. I mean, they're a nightmare for so many others because people get injuries and it's terrible. But, like, it would be so wonderful to just say to Jade, you know, every weekend you're going to wrestle Thunder Rosa three times or or Serena. Like, but, unfortunately, they don't have that. And they, I think they need to find their own their own equivalent. Maybe, um, you know, maybe you can kind of send her to certain places where there'll be less of a spotlight. I don't know, but I just... These matches, man, they're not getting over in the building to me. I mean, and no, look, that's actually not fair. The crowd got into it at the end. But what I'm saying is, look, let's all be honest with ourselves. When you imagine the first TBS title match, you was hoping it was going to be a slightly more, you know, something slightly more triumphant than this, where yeah. at the halfway point, it was like, it weren't like the people were too into it, unfortunately. That's my read on it. I don't know. I agree. It just it just didn't click well, but I, I think you 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 can you kinda onto something there. Like they need to find like some type of feeder system or some type of independent promotion where they can just get her more reps. And whether that's them working with Ring of Honor, you know, Ring of Honor wants ROH title to be defended in a bunch of places, and if they are gonna come back in April have her go over there like they're gonna yeah. do independent shows they're gonna need stars on their shows jay cargill is a big name and you can put her in there with the roxy even though roxy is younger she's more experienced in the ring that's gonna help her to you know work with the rios of the world the Dashidas of the world so i think that they have to find some other promotion to help them out that's the best way to do it because just having three minute matches on dark it's not getting her any better at this point yeah, and that's a really interesting. There are some guys, and this is something that fascinates me. Like the idea that because of the way their system works, if you're a top guy, it's great because it's going to extend your career. You're not wrestling every week, you know? Yeah. You're not wrestling multiple times a week anyway. But there is another issue where some of these people are getting to a point where their TV matches are like, there's so much pressure on them for every TV match, you know, like yeah. this is this person's first match on TV in six months. And it's like, well, I mean, that's not really a great way to position someone to succeed. I was talking to, um, we, I think we all here love powerhouse Hobbs, right? Like we all think he's money. Top guy. Yeah. Love. He had a match with him and Starks had a tag with the dark order on dark a couple weeks, but months ago, probably now. And the match just fell apart. It happens, right? And I was like, well, that's fine. And I pulled up Hobbs's, you know, cage match deal. And, like, Hobbs is a veteran, so it doesn't show as much because he's, he's a pro, obviously. But, like, he's wrestling, like, six real matches a year, you know? <laughs> like, you're going to get out of rhythm, right? Like, it's yeah. it's just, it's a really, it's a unique setup. We're going to see positives. We're going to see negatives. What we're saying right here isn't, like, oh, it's the end of the world. I need to, you know, tear it up and build a developmental territory. But I think SP3 is correct. It's probably something to be said for looking alternatives. Because if I see real pros looking a little bit rusty at times, someone like Jay, you know, she's she's got no chance, right? Yeah, I mean, they they have working relationships with with independent companies. Obviously, like 
we we've seen guys like Eddie go go to Defy. Um, there's there's GCW is obviously a big one. There's a million Mission Pro Thunder Rosa's uh, company. There's a million uh, independent companies out there. Not all of them are on like television or anything like that. You obviously got to be careful about like what fan fan base you're gonna put put them in front of. I'm not sending Jade Cargill to a GCW right. event. Um, you got to be careful about that stuff. But they, she could certainly go to like a Mission Pro and and, and work some yeah. matches. She could go to to like a Defy. I don't think Defy is, televises anything. Um, it, beyond wrestling, I know they're kind of taking a break, but they have like the the wrestling open thing, Limitless. Like there's there there's companies out there that she can go there and and work these uh uh work work some matches every weekend. And it's just a question: Does she want to do that? Do they want to put her in that position? I don't know. But at least that would help her give give her some reps in front of some fans and not necessarily in a type of television capacity, especially not a television capacity that's as high pressure as a Rampage or Dynamite. I think yeah. also uh, she needs to get reps in like if, if it's not going to be an AEW because obviously they're against it. If it's going to be an independent promotion, give her some matches against guys. Because yeah. you can tell a lot of times in her matches, she doesn't want to hurt her opponent. And she yeah. feels like she's so she's so much more powerful than the females that she she kind of lays off or doesn't she lay in pulls, her punches. Yeah. Yeah. She pulls back on like kicks and stuff. Get her in there against a guy. And I think that she will get more comfortable in the ring when she eventually goes back and fights the ladies in AEW. That's a really good point because... There is like a, you know, the part until then that none of us have mentioned is this isn't just the case of like a rookie that's figuring things out. She's such a unique case physically, right? So like it must be hard for her. Like all of these matches, it's kind of the same pattern where she's working with a smaller girl and she's frying them around. And, you know, like it's, um, yeah, it's interesting for sure. I, I think this this rain will be a real test of them creatively. Because if their plan is just to send Jade out to work 10-minute matches every week, I think that is a complete disservice to Jade. So yeah. we yeah. shall see. But then again, you know, if it squashes, does that I, – it's hard. I don't know what the, the answer is, if I'm being honest with you. They've kind of put themselves in a corner all along with this, and it's now we're in – you know, it's come to fruition. So we we shall see. Uh, catch up on some super chats and okay. then, unfortunately – Everyone knows what time it is. Yes. Uh, Eric Brady says, do you think the case can be made that Brian Danielson is better in ring than Braun Breaker? <laughs> it's tough, man. Braun Breaker's really good. Listen, really that, good. that match did rule, though, in all, in all it, fairness. It did, yeah. It did. He's yeah. a hell of a talent, Braun Breaker, right? Incredible. Yeah. He's great. Uh, Jay Shell says, Lee Moriarty, he fought Punk, and now he has no steam. A lot of a lot of guys like that, you just kind of do that one-off thing and yeah. – that's I wish they'd have followed up on the Sidal thing with Moriarty. Me too. Remember they were. Remember he was like taking yeah. him under his wing. I don't think mm-hmm. they've done anything with that since. They no. had they had that one really good matchup with Leo yes. Rush and yeah. Dante Martin, and they never went back to it. Now I don't think they're doing it on the C shows. I don't think they've teamed up on them. So I don't know what to do with that. That's like, that that feels like a team that could be on TV, man. That's a hell of a team. Yeah. Uh, Jim Blitz said Malachi stuff needs to to be deep involved. High end AW looks a little bit low rent in context of his ambitions. Probably fair. Yeah, like the, probably that fair. stuff just it doesn't hit with me. I don't know. If it's deep <laughs> I or... agree, but like that, there is truth to that though. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, you know. yeah. Uh, JJ says the one thing I'm picking up on watching Nitro. Some of these matches has no story. It's a wrestling show with matches. Current AW is 97, 98 Nitro. 
or WCW. That's what Tony wanted, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's the best years, he said. <laughs> he loves that shit. Um, but what did AEW do? I, I thought that I thought the numbers are out. Maybe not. Um, and Phantom, you know, jokes about his die job was off limits. I don't know if that I, I'm assuming that was Jericho. I don't yeah, know. If, uh, probably should have gone there. Honestly, it was it was something. Uh, Cody says, "Can't wait to watch live. Just want to show my support." Thursday night wars begin tonight. ML Impact versus MLW Azteca shooting cross. You call the authorities. Oh my God, <laughs> you watching MLW Azteca, Joseph? Yes. Don't lie. <laughs> uh, Hugh Janus says they have dark elevation. Only problem is you can't have Jade, Thunder Rosa, Deep every week as they broadcast it. So can't have one of them losing. Yeah. And yeah. on those shows, like you're probably going to do squashes. You're probably not going to do like kind of 10 minute matches. This is the thing, shows, right? So maybe you should. Yeah. The answer to that is do some angles. But I think the reason they're hesitant to do more, they do some. I've watched the shows. Like they definitely do some. But Part of why they don't do as many longer matches on elevation, especially, is they've got so many guys that need to get out there and wrestle for the night, you know? So it's like, if you dark elevation is like 40 minutes long, and there will be, you know, seven squash matches in that time. Like, they don't, yeah. they ain't looking to have long matches. They're just trying to get guys out there to wrestle. So it's hard. Uh, Jay Blitzer, let's, let's just say with all our concerns about Jade, she has handled herself in the face of a lot of hate yes. and a really personal. Yes, look, this absolutely, has nothing absolutely. to do with you know, her, her personality and her off screen or anything like that. It is a lot of just, they put her in a bad position and she's done everything that's asked of her. I think they've been asking a little bit too much of her from an in-ring perspective. Yes. Yes. It's, it's a shame that unfortunately we're like, this space is just dominated by people being complete assholes, right? Yeah. Go ahead, SB for I'm sorry. It's it's a very toxic space. That's why I'm glad to be here with you guys. Um, but I have that <laughs> AEW number. Uh, they did okay. over a million, a million, a million ten thousand was well, the yeah. was the count. Point four three in the eighteen to forty nine demo. For those of you watching at home, Tony Khan has just basically told us to go fuck ourselves live here on the air. Um, he is he has won, and we have lost. <laughs> Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the last ever episode of The Distraction. We've proven wrong here. We've fell on our sword, much like the great Lord Stephen Regal over there in Orlando. He was like, so. Tony, Tony going to put out the tweet like, ha, you told me to say sorry. I did, and we did over a million. Ha! Oh, boy. Ha! I wasn't even going that way. It? Oh, hell. <laughs> uh, on that note. History Time for Robert O'Neill's Corner 3. Hello, Robert O'Neill. What's up, guys? You got to follow that. Good luck. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Well, thoughts on Tony Khan just dunking on us live on the air here with his <laughs> successful rating for Dynamite. <laughs> oh, man. Bob, are you there? Yeah. yeah I don't know what. Sorry, you cut out. Okay. Are you, are you, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. You ready to do the corner three? I am, yeah. All Go right. ahead, Bobby. Here, here we go. Here we go. Everybody. Okay. Go ahead, O'Neal. Yeah. So, you know, we're about the halfway point of the NBA season, so I figured I'd check in how things are going around the league oh. here. Um, you know, I'm going to start with the Lakers. Been watching them a little bit recently. You know, LeBron, still very good, still doing it at 37 or whatever he is. The rest of that team, though, man, they suck. Like, Westbrook doesn't have it anymore. Um, and I'm sorry. I don't mean to do this to you. Anthony Davis, I think, is still fine once he gets better, but – you know what it is, too? 
if they would have gotten DeMar DeRozan, Alex Caruso, instead of Westbrook, they'd be top four team right now. And that's really the thing. That's the thing that we got to focus on here. And I didn't want to start with the Lakers. You know, I know you're a Lakers fan. I didn't want to attack you like that, but that was really what stuck out to me. Um, but, you know, just kind of going more around the league. Uh, you know, you look at the Eastern Conference in general. Um, the Heat are still pretty good. Uh, the Bucks are on the upswing. You know, the Nets have gotten it together because Kyrie's back. But you look at the top of the Eastern Conference, it's the Chicago Bulls. And uh, for a team that hasn't had their full team in uh, – what are we talking? Probably about a month. You know, they're on an eight-game win streak. DeMar DeRozan's look great. Um, it's really exciting. It's an exciting time. You know, before the year, I just wanted them to avoid the play-in game. You know, maybe get the top four. And now, you know, two games up on the one seed going into the second half of the year. You'd love to see that, man. Uh, just brilliant stuff by them. Um, and, you know, again, I, I'll go back to the Lakers for a second here. Like, I think LeBron can get them together. I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs or whatever, but just no depth, man. You know, they uh, they went and just kind of got all LeBron's friends from various all-star teams in the past instead of just building a proper team, and it just – it's not really working for them. I don't know. I mean, there's trades they can make. You know, they got plenty of time still, but uh, definitely some signs of danger out there in L.A. And then, uh, you know, we talked about the Bulls a little bit. We talked about the rest of the Eastern Conference. The Warriors – look like they could win the title again. And I mean, I know we knew when Clay Thompson came back and he's not even back yet, but I know, you know, we knew they'd be good. You know, Steph is at an MVP level still. Um, yeah, just a really good team. Um, and I mean, it's, it's been fun. It's been fun to watch the NBA this year. It's been fun to get back into it. You know, I've gotten more into it because my team is actually good. Um, but that's just the thing that sticks out every time I watch the Lakers. Cause you know, DeMar wanted to go there. Caruso wanted to stay there. You get those guys instead of Westbrook top four team, man, top four in the West. They're what six right now. They'd easily be in the top four. I don't, I don't know. Jeremy, why do, you, why do you keep bringing up the Lakers? Why, why? That's really, that's really the sticking point. You know, those are my two points the Lakers and the bulls. And I didn't mean to come on here and attack you. I know you're a Lakers fan. Um, but yeah, that's just those are my two big points at the halfway mark. You know, the Lakers have been disappointing. The Bulls have really been better than everyone thought, except for me. And uh, all hail history That has been Robert O'Neill's corner three. <laughs> Joseph, you're muted. What a piece of shit he turned out to be. <laughs> I was dying. I was dying. <laughs> like he kept going back. He kept going. He kept going back to the lake. I thought it was over. Do you know what that was? <laughs> that was like, you know the meme of uh, from Joker? You know, when Joaquin Phoenix is looking, he tells the joke and he looks at other people. That was Bob at about eight different points during that, where he just dunked on the Lakers, went silent, and was like, and what? <laughs> He clearly didn't know how much time was left, so he just like stopped. Like, so the Lakers, they didn't get to Marcos. (laughs) He was was, like giving the viewers time to laugh, like like, literally. (laughs) Hang on, are we saying we need to add like a laughing track to this program? (laughs) Do we have to, for Bob's sake, to fill the three minutes? Do we have to let him pause? Yes. So he has like a button he can just press, and he gets the laughing. He's lucky. He's lucky. Uh, you know, I let him let him do all that because I was yeah. gonna say, I, I, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna even insult him back. 
He's a Bulls fan. It's tough with the way they've been playing. It's tough to actually it is. disprove it is. any of that. He's he's a Bulls fan, and you know, Bulls fans have had it rough over the last couple of years. Last time he saw a championship, Bob was starring with uh, Ben Stiller in Heavyweights. So I understand. I understand that he's a little bit salty. He's a little bit salty at me and the Los Angeles Lakers. No, that was you just killed that man, bro. <laughs> Stop. Holy shit! <laughs> Holy shit! That was incredible. <laughs> Heavyweights, man, that's a classic. Oh, that's a, oh, we just saw a murder take place. Tony Khan stuffed me into a locker there with that rating. Bob thought he was he thought he was home and dry, didn't he? Jeremy he thought he'd won. Yeah. Sitting back there smug. <laughs> Jesus, man! Guys, let's just let's go and be careful, wow. guys. As distraction COVID protocol, follow the way Bob politics. <laughs> you should have left me off the house shows, brother. You know, <laughs> um, that was incredible. I can't believe what just happened. Oh man, Bob, do you have any thoughts on the fact that you, you appeared to you've just stole uh, defeat from the jaws of victory? It appears based on what I just watched play out here. Yeah, no, I um, I've been owned. I have to admit yes, that. Yeah. And just yes. move on. <laughs> oh my god we got some we got some bobber chats uh to, to read from from jay shell says hi joe and sp3 i don't like jeremy right now what i do he said he was going to kick me uh kick me after i thought we were friends hope sp3 rants here too yeah you guys are talking how young you are just look at you youngins uh jay shell also says i'm getting new age ass boys jokes made at me i blame jeremy that's not my fault uh, and not Brian Danielson. Well, this is like not John Alba. Uh, am I the only one deflated that Danielson didn't go over? <laughs> I just like to pretend that Brian Danielson actually did send that as not Brian Danielson. And he's that pissed that he didn't win. <laughs> I mean, I get it. He is awesome. But it's Hangman, right? Like, yeah. yeah. You know. They could have they done a lot of things. Like, I wouldn't have been mad if Danielson won, yeah. but... I'm I'm all for uh, Hangman keeping the title. There's a there's a lot of meat there. So, yeah, I agree. Oh man, do we have anything else to talk? I feel like we can't. After, no, that's after it. That. It's done. Do we talk about the release stuff? People got released. It's bad. Um, a quick thing. Yeah. One thing I will say, and this is another message to the wrestling world here. If you know, we all talk about this thing. We talk about the imaginary like third promotion that's going to come along to make wrestling even more fun. If there is a money man on the earth right now who has any interest in entering professional wrestling, we're about to find out because Regal is the guy. Yeah. If you wanted to, if you honestly had the money you wanted to do to, to be the, the quarterback of a wrestling project, Regal is the man for the job. So you, you'll find out here shortly if that exists. I'm pretty sure it doesn't. But, um, you know, it's, it's hard, right? Because for us, it's just like, it's just a bummer that people are losing their jobs. Like, I don't. I think we all are like aware of what's going on and they're trying to make a point about the new regime. And unfortunately this is just what happens with that stuff. When you get cold callous corporations trying to send a message, they have been subtle with it. So I think we're all aware by now of what's going on. I thought Regal was going to dodge the bullet because he's fucking Regal. Everyone loves that guy. He does every job. He's got, you know, he, I'm pretty sure I don't think I'm speaking at a turn here. We all agree on this. He has a job waiting for him in AEW if he wants it. A pretty lucrative one. Yeah. I think for wrestling's sake, 
it would be really fun if we see him centering another promotion. I don't know what promotion. I don't know. But that dude has got like some serious, serious kind of um, pull in the industry. People love him. So yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting. He's the big headline of it all, right? I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Yeah, easily. That's be three. I was just honestly shocked. Like, I remember the tweet immediately when I heard the news. Remember when Triple H said that as long as William Regal would always have a job as long as he wanted one. So uh, is this telling to tell us that he doesn't want to be there anymore? But no, we know the fact of the matter is that they are just wiping the slate clean. And it just it's just very disheartening because it makes it feel like, all the work in giving WWE a lot of the stars that they have on the main roster, it comes down to William Regal either helping those guys when they got to WWE or being the person that got their foot in the door for WWE. So to make it feel like all of that didn't matter, all that hard work that he put in to just let him go in the way that mm-hmm. they did, it, it's very disappointing. It's like, I, I know you guys always say Fed is dead, but like they have a dead soul. That that's what really? that really means. Like it, they will never be dead as far as business, but as far as their soul it's and changed. how they show yeah. appreciation to to their employees, to the people that work the hardest for them, it's very much very different from how I grew up watching this. It's weird, right? Like I think we can all agree that WWE was always very very questionable in terms of morality, right? But there was this, and this does not make it right, but there was this sense that like. Those kind of, you know, in the family would always be... And, like, Regal is the ultimate example. Like, I never thought I'd see Regal not work for that company, yeah. you know? But, um, you know, because the wrestlers... We've never seen them cut wrestlers at the rate they have the last year, but generally, if you look through history, the wrestlers come and go. But there are these guys that kind of stick around forever in the... But the truth is, and I don't think I'm going out on a limb here, he was... um he was intended to be Triple H's right-hand man for when he was, you know, the Pat Patterson or the the Bruce or whoever. And I guess that's just not happening anymore. So it's a huge story and we've covered it enough, no doubt. And, it, you know, this isn't the time to get into it too deep here, but like, folks, do yourself a favor. Go back a year. Look at that New Year's Evil card from last year NXT. Look at the... It is a huge story. And in real time, you react to it accordingly and you may not quite grasp the scope of it. Imagine me telling you a year ago, this is where we'd be now. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. And, of course, ironically, <laughs> this week's NXT show is great. So it's all, you know, rainbows over there. They probably think they've done a great job. But we, this next few years, there are going to be some really interesting conversations to be had about what this new approach is, how it works, and how long it lasts. And we will, you know, we'll see how history yeah. treats this one. We'll see. One thing that isn't being talked about enough is how NXT went from one of the greatest women's divisions of all time to where they are now, where the New Year's Evil show, I do agree, was a very good wrestling show. Mm, yeah, that match. One of the weakest things on the show was the women's match. And like it literally take over Vengeance Day. Go back and watch that show when Tony Storm goes from NXT UK to NXT, when Ember Moon comes yep. back from injury. You got Io Shirai as champion. You still had Mercedes Martinez. You had Raquel Gonzalez on the rise. You had Taya Valkyrie just signing with the company. 
All of that is gone. Io Shirai mm-hmm. is an afterthought in the in the division. She was in a tag team, a tag team where they were having sushi and having one of the worst segments in NXT history. And this whole division is just it's not what it used to be. And I think that's one thing that isn't being focused on enough is that they built up one of the best women's divisions ever and then tore it apart for this rebrand. Yeah, and this is hot. So I was reading a thing the other day. I don't know who it was. I'm sorry. But they were talking about who's going to win the Rumble, right? And on the women's side, these were the names listed. So you had Bianca Belair, who we all agree – Obviously, the Becky stuff sucked, but like the first year or so, they did a great job with that, right? She won the Rumble, she won Mania. I can accept that as a win. She's one of the top women. She's great. Awesome. The next names were Banks, Bailey, Bliss, Asuka were in this thing. And I'm like, look, I love all of these people. At some point, you got to, you know, like that was the Royal Rumble predictions three, four years ago, you know? <laughs> you it's, and yeah. that doesn't mean you don't push Sasha, but of course you push her. She's one of the greatest wrestlers in the world. But you have to have other names fit, like, alongside them. And that's where you'd like to see a Tony Storm or a Rhea Ripley or a, uh, let me give me, um, Shotzi or, you know, any of these people, right? And yeah. live, but they're not there. And some of them could be there but they need the help creatively, the same help that the other women got five, six years ago. So it's going to be the big concern, I think, is you're absolutely correct. You nailed it. Um, you know, the the NXT Women's Division is objectively worse. The big question is how long until that truly damages the main roster? Because the main roster still has that core. Right? Those names are named, they're still there. If they don't start adding soon, man, like that's going to get slim before you know it. So... That's something to watch for sure. Very good point. Jay Shell says, I think Walter is officially in the US. He's just having his last match in NXT UK. He made the announcement just now. Yeah, I'm I think Coward. that was a <laughs> Coward <laughs> betrayed Great Britain. SB three, thank you for joining us today. Always appreciate it, buddy. Let the people know where they can find you at. Uh, you can find me on the Twitter machine at TrueHeelSP3. You can see my written work on SportsKita.com and WrestleTalk.com. Uh, check out my new podcast with Rick Uchino, Believe in Pro Wrestling. Uh, you can listen to that whenever you listen to your favorite podcast, as well as you can see me on Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube channel and my own YouTube channel, True Heel Heat. True Heel Heat this Saturday, 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time. We are going to have special guest Rich Fan from PW Torch, so check nice. that out. And then tomorrow on True Hill Heat YouTube channel, my exclusive interview with Shane Taylor, um, his last official interview while he was under contract with Ring of Honor, where he talks about his feelings coming out of Final Battle and how he really felt uh, about Ring of Honor cutting away from his uh, ending with Kenny King to the CM Punk promo. So check that out tomorrow. There we go. That'll be good. He's always a really great interview. Really. Yeah. Uh, Matt King says, <clears throat> family doesn't matter. If you have shareholders, Satify, WWE going public was the beginning of them. Capitalism plus art yeah, that's always right. at odds. That's the, I, the reason I said that was because, like, it is important that we're, and I know we are in the chat probably as too, like, we're all aware that, like, that place was always probably not, like, they never really cared, but there was always certain people that felt bulletproof, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they don't feel like that way anymore, yeah. right? If it was like anyone could, could fall. Uh, should I do plugs now, Jeremy? 
Yes, you can do plugs. Should I let the show end now rather than adding another topic on top of before we leave every time? Do we do we uh, have another topic? No, hell no. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um I have some stuff. So the couple of things here. The Fleet 50, after I spent an hour talking about why AEW is dead, uh, you can send your 50 <laughs> your ballot of the top 50 in-ring performers of AEW's 2021. Um, we've got like I think we're at, I haven't done them all yet, but we're on like 18. Let me tell you, folks. There's a lot of opinions out there, you know. We've got some, there's some some wonderful people with wonderful ideas about professional wrestling. You can send your ballot, joeholbert05 at gmail.com. Just send me the list. I'll put it in there and I'll announce the winner in a couple of weeks. You've got like the 22nd, I think, is the deadline. So you can get involved in that. Uh, LateNightGrin.com for the the uh, the Patreon, which in which we do the Late Night Grin program. Also, quick thing, personal thing here. I want to review Dynamite. You run wrestling site. Tell me, I'll 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 uh, I will do it for a. That's what we do on this show. I know, but I'm working on something. Or a minimal price of five hundred thousand dollars a week. <laughs> I will review AEW Dynamite <laughs> immediately after the show goes off the air. That's the thing I want to explore in all seriousness. So if you you know if you're involved, hit me up all that good stuff. Uh, Phantom, they do not have to be fully signed. If they wrestle one match in AEW, they what they are. Um, they're in. They're they're eligible. The key is you only judge them on their work in AEW, though. So you know if you did Rocky mm. Romero, you wouldn't you wouldn't include while thinking about his stuff in New Japan or whatever. So there you go. The bare minimum, just one match in AEW. Yeah. I I gotta thank you guys for having me on the show. I always have a great time, even though yeah, you, you know you sent you sent Bob for me. It's fine. <laughs> fine. I didn't look, Bob. We don't script O'Neill, okay? <laughs> we we don't, we're not backstage. We don't hand him a script or anything. He didn't even tell us what he's gonna do half the time. He doesn't even know what he's gonna do. So he just shows up and we just kind of give him free reign. We 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 don't have we don't have control over that man. I, I'm sorry. No, I appreciate I appreciate y'all guys. You guys are two of my favorites in all of wrestling media that I generally call friends. And yes, but I have to call out Jeremy when we do in our challenge podcast. That's Man, I have no I have no free time now on like weekend. I still have not yeah, watched last week's episode. I've not watched last week's episode. I've not seen the pasta rant. I haven't seen it. Oh my god! I'm so Wait, sorry. So what's the challenge equivalent of Fed Dead or Fleet Beat? Have we got one for the challenge? It's too long, right? Challenge. Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to like really play. Chibi. <laughs> I got, I, I'll hopefully catch up this weekend at some point. I've gotten no sleep this week, SP3. Give me a break, man. Sorry. Me Come either. I did, I did a watch along for Wrestle Kingdom. I had to be on oh, camera God. watching that at 3 o'clock in the morning, so. I, trust me, I know. Uh, Jeremy, before you click end stream, can you put Dion's comment on the screen? No, you've done it, read it. Just put it on there and let us go off the air with that on screen. Thanks, bro. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Uh, bye, everyone. We'll be, I got I have plugs, Joseph. Sometimes I do things every now and again. Uh, no post show to today. No post show. Um, we'll be on Twitch tomorrow. Joel Pearl and I, five o'clock. Uh, shout out to Shabugan, who who is paying for my EA Play subscription. If you just if you guys just want to like send me money, you can PayPal me. I'll, I'll just I'll take money. I'll put it to good use. Uh, so Joe Joe Bar and I are gonna are gonna do some stuff there. There will be an Impact Hard to Kill an AW Battle of the Belts watch along this weekend on Twitch. Um, I think that's everything. We'll be back on the Distraction Channel on Monday. What are we reviewing on Monday? Are we reviewing Impact? Impact. Are you gonna be around Battle for that? Belts. You yes. do that? Impact and Battle of the Belts, Jeremy. Yeah. That sucks. Remember Battle of the Belts? They were going to have quarterly specials. 
And we were like, Clash of Champions, baby. Just like, here's a here's a Cody match you've seen before and a Brit match you've seen before. Fleet beat, folks. One hour. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it. Thank you again, SB3, for for uh, for doing this. Always appreciate you, buddy. I, I say it all the time. Very blessed to have good friends who I can just message on a whim. Be like, hey, can you do this? And the answer is typically yes. And you're yeah. someone who I know I can always do that. Thank you, SB3. Thank you, Joseph, for showing up uh, under under the COVID, which is basically <laughs> just the flu, according to LeBron James. We'll talk to everybody later on. <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.